Hi, and welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. My name is Isaac, and I'm here with... Anthony. Hi, friend! <laughs> hey! How are you? I'm great. Oh, I'm my great. gosh. Getting over Welcome sickness. to Black Panther Weekend. It is Black Panther Weekend. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how to act right now. Right. Because when this is posted, it'll be Friday. So, therefore, we'll both have seen Black Panther. Yep. But we won't be able to let y'all know how it is, which I've only heard good things so far. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm just a so A couple ready. of yeah, There's things. critiques, but yeah. like the critiques that they have are fair. Are very fair. And also, we can't push all the boundaries at once. I'm like, yeah. we can if we wanted yeah. to, but like Hollywood is like, yeah, we can only there. do so much at yeah. one point. Because yeah. if we put, hit all of the things of like, we're going to have queer black women in this movie and we're going to add like aspects of queerness, somebody would actually try and kill all of us at yeah. once. I don't know what white person would do it, but it'd probably be that boy who shot up that school, but like, that, that's, not that, that's not the point. Yeah. But anyway. So we have a monthly question. Okay. What is your favorite thing about being black? My favorite thing about being black? Hmm. Right now, alongside of Black Panther. Yes. Um, <laughs> of course. For some reason, like, like lemon pepper wings have just been speaking to me differently. You have just, to quit. <laughs> just, I, I just, I just... As of today, like, because, you know, blackness isn't monolithic. But I mean, like, you're right. But, like, yeah, today, like, something about lemon pepper wings okay. speaks directly to my soul, you know, to my ancestral lineage. The only yeah. time that I get lemon pepper wings is at Wingstop. Yeah. And Wingstop, Here, yeah. in yeah. general, I think is just black. I don't know why I have claimed Wingstop to be a very black-ass business, but yeah. every Wingstop I've ever gone into, yeah. only black people were working only black there. People. So, like, yeah. even the Wingstop in California, in San Jose, which in the, like, entirely mostly Hispanic neighborhood, mm. only black people were at that Wingstop. And I was like, y'all may be Afro-Latina, but y'all working at Wingstop, and therefore yes. I'm going to get my blackness in this High moment. praise. I learned. Amazing. I yeah. learned. Oh, my God, I love Wingstop. Yes. Who knew I was going to endorse Wingstop this morning? That. This morning. That. It is not morning. <laughs> it's almost 8 o'clock at night. Y'all, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am just ready to go see Black Panther. We're ready to see Black Panther. That's we're all going to do. We're going to go see it in like less than like two hours. <sighs> we have, oh, God, I just, uh, uh, And uh, it's so amazing when I was talking to um, my partner this morning. It's just like, it's amazing how some of the, like, um, advertisements and media for this was pushed like like nearly three years ago three years ago it's been so long and like within the last year there has not been a week on my tl where i haven't seen something new about black panther right um so yeah it's just it's it's amazing and it shows us i think what hollywood can do what right? hollywood like, should have been doing a long ass time exactly ago. Yeah. exactly yeah. But you, I don't know what it is about. Literally, oh god. Okay, we'll get there. We'll yeah. talk about this later. Yeah. I just, oh god. Okay, so there's an eating schedule. You know, appetizer. You've been here before. Yeah. These people have listened before. We're not even <laughs> gonna get into it. We know what's going to happen. Okay. So appetizer. What does Black Future Month mean to you? Because you mm. are a huge advocate for using Black Future Month rather than Black History Month. Like, you're literally <laughs> the only person I know who is like, Black Future Month. Every single time, I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah. right. That's why we're here. Um. So, Black Futures Month is really 
I'm amazing. It has started over the last, I want to say over the like, over like the last like three years or so, um, as a kind of accompaniment to um, the movement for Black Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it reiterates really what Black History Month can be. Okay. Um, so while we know Black History Month to be a moment where we look back um, on our histories. Um, and I'm with an S histories, right? Histories, like to, multiple. yeah, like to um, honor um, people, to honor movement, to honor freedom movements. Um, I think what is very important about Black Futures Month is that we can, like, really live Sankofa. So, like, we can use Black History Month in one vein to look back, and then Black Futures Month to use our looking back to look forward. Yo, that's literally what Darren was talking about um, on the, um, oh shit, I don't even know. I named that episode, and I don't know what the name of it is. Uh-oh. Um, like, no, it was Tactical Resolutions, so being mm. very tactical about stuff, and Darren kept saying, we need to look back to mold how we move forward, and right. a lot of the time that's missed, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important because Black History Month, we're talking about all these people, and we're uncovering all of these histories and all of these unsung heroes throughout black history, but at the same time, what are we doing with that information? Right, right. And that's black futures. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, why are you brilliant? <laughs> You're brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I'm sometimes together. <laughs> I look pretty. But no, okay, so this is like a super fast, like, side tangent. Okay. But I have another question. Cool. Because I didn't think about it. What is your favorite... Afrofuturistic thing that's out right wow. now besides Black Panther. Wow. Besides Black Panther. You can't say that. Mm. That's hard. Um hmm. I mean I can tell you mine. So this in ways is Afrofuturist, but there's there's some complications with it. Okay. A Wrinkle in Time ooh, is going ooh, to be ooh, yes. okay. it's going to be a bop. Okay. I, I, oh, I can know. already I can already see that. Um I and I said that it cool. is, of course, because like the presence of Oprah and other right. um characters of color. Um but not in ways because like I don't know who I don't know what the original um like the original scene was in terms of who wrote it and right. all that. I actually want to read it before watching it. It's a really good but, book. Um, okay. It's not inherently Afrofuturistic. Yeah, that's why I'm, yeah. They made it into this like interracial like combination of people of color, which like, you know, I read The Hunger Games and thought everybody was white. And mm-hmm. then I saw the movie and I was like, why'd you make District 11 about black people? Yeah. Like, it's very much that Hollywood attempts at trying to do, hit that diversity quota, mm-hmm. but also like A Wrinkle of Time is that futuristic kind of thing that I'm into. Yeah. It's very sci-fi, but like... Yeah, it's very gonna, fantasy. Yeah, it's yeah. going to give you Afrofuturism though in this movie simply because of the cast. I'm into that. Yeah. That's what really was yours? You said oh, you the Wiz, of course. Like, I don't oh, know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> like, we should have, you should have known where I was going. Yeah. And yeah. you know I love the Wiz. Yeah. The Wiz is the blackest thing on earth. Yes. And then also yes. in the it future. Is. It is. Emerald yeah. City is just a whole entire ball. Yeah. Like, it's actually for the gays. It's beautiful. Not the gays, the queers, the black queers to be exact. Black that. and brown queers in New York, in that. Harlem, that. specifically. That. that is where they live now. And yeah. that's where we're, I'm going to um, go live. It'll be beautiful. With the exception of all those, um, 
I just read Octavia Butler's parable, The Sower. Ooh, what is that? It is beautiful. So it's this dystopian novel. Um, it's set in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like little water. There are like little resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and this black teenager is basically creating a new like religion. And she's traveling from um, from South South California to North California to like create a new community under what is called Earthseed. It is beautiful. Do you have it? I don't have a physical copy. Mm, can you? I'm sure the library me? does. Oh, right, because yeah. we're in a library. Shout out to the <laughs> library Shout for out. always being here. Yeah, so we read it for my um, online book club. Okay. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So okay. it, it was beautiful. Um, and we're gonna read Nala Hopkinson's book, Brown Girl in the Ring, which is more fantasy. Mm, it's I don't know why too. I know what that is. I I think it was popular mm-hmm. in in certain spaces. Okay. Um, but I haven't read it, so I'm ready to read it. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back. You know the drill. Bye. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm saving this forever. And we're back. So dinner is served. Yeah. And you know we like to eat around these parts. Amen. So we're talking about Afrofuturism, but we're expanding it and talking about it in layers and multitudes of things because Anthony is an Afrofuturist scholar <laughs> and knows everything about Afrofuturism. Oh, no. <laughs> I know nothing. So Anthony's going to teach me today. Ooh. All I know is the whiz is lit. Ooh, That's all I got. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, you good. I don't, I can't say I know everything, but I, you know a lot. You know a lot more than like most humans and literally like the fact that you ha- are in my life and I even think about Afrofuturism Aww. is because of you. Like I'm going to let you know Aww. that you have molded me into this area of like I'll be on like Afropunk and I'll be like this is Afrofuturism. Like they don't even know what they're talking about. I know what I'm talking about because Anthony told me like I know what I'm talking about. So therefore, but no, it's been so cool like learning through what you've talked about and just uh-huh. been like I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Let me Google this real quick and be like deep on this like like rabbit hole of Afrofuturism. And I'll yes. be like, I'm shook. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yes. But I love it. It's so good. It's just so good. Anyway. Thank you. My, like I had to boost you one good time. Um, so looking back, what was the first time you ever engaged with Afrofuturism? Hmm. That's such a hard question because... I know that it's been in my life mm-hmm. for so long, but I didn't know what the word for it was. Right. Um, when I learned the word, I read um, Yatasha Womack's um, Afrofuturism, okay. um, which is a really, really great text if you're trying to learn what Afrofuturism is. Um, she didn't create the term. The term was actually created in 1993 by okay. Mark Derry, who's a... Um, white um literary critic mm-hmm. um and he was talking to samuel delaney and a couple of other people um and really like commenting on um this kind of proliferation of um black authors who are writing about science fiction and kind of questioning okay. like what is it with science fiction what is it um 
So when I learned the word, then I started recognizing, oh, wow, like there's all like. It's everywhere. <laughs> because like I'd always loved like um, a moment that I can that is probably very early, maybe not the first, but it's probably very early. Um, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See, that music video. Wait, what? With, by Busta Rhymes. Ooh, okay, yes, I know that, what you're talking about. Uh, that one, that's when I, I remember first seeing that when I was little, and I was like, there's something about this that, mm-hmm. um, and watching other people too, like um, Missy Elliott, right? And seeing Earth, Wind, and Fire's like um, album yeah, covers. they were very about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I immediately think of Scream with um, yes, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson and, and Janet. Yes, yeah. Yes. And even Thriller is Afrofuturist in okay. ways because it taps into that horror. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, yeah. Afrofuturism is, or really has been a major part of my life and mm-hmm. yeah and it shows up in a lot of different ways yeah because the thing is like i always equate afrofuturism to just like black people in sci- science fiction mm-hmm. so like when i was younger my mom and me would watch star trek and mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. oh girl like like the yeah. one black person who was on the like yeah. enterprise i'd be like okay black people can show up in these spaces yeah and yeah. like the, just this presence of blackness in like a lot of those spaces i mean you know the whiz right <laughs> like right, but like right. But even with that, it took me a while to even connect the whiz with Afrofuturism because they're not in the future. They're just in a yeah. fantasy land. Yeah. And so it's fascinating because I only think about like elves or like orcs are like fantasy characters being people of color. So like mm-hmm. I almost want to say the first time I encountered Afrofuturism was Dragon Ball Z when they went to Namek. Yeah. And I was like, oh, black people. Yeah. Like literally like yeah. as a little kid, I was just like, I identify with Piccolo. Yeah. My mom was like what <laughs> like yeah. why the green alien person just makes sense went to namek they all look like my people right. my mom was like what is wrong with you <laughs> well it's like that was the one yeah. time where i was like these are me this is yeah. who i am and yeah. like that's afrofuturism yeah and and afrofuturism shows up in a lot of ways and there are a lot of um like contested definitions mm-hmm. so like um when bark Derry was iterating it he was thinking about really like this intersection between blackness technology and like really just those two and Yatash Womack for the most part too mm-hmm. um thinking about like black culture um technology in the future mm-hmm. um but it's definitely I think about it in a lot of ways so right. like like with how that shows up it's like particularly in Dragon Ball Z it's like how can we how can we what is the strategy for us to mm-hmm. talk about race or to talk about dispossession or to talk about um, even colonialization Look. and to talk about, yeah, how can, how is it that we can talk about those things mm-hmm. um, and use particular kind of markers for that? So, like, the fact that the um, Namekians were green mm-hmm. allowed us to kind of create those, yeah, create those connections. Right. And even... Um, even with the Saiyans, like they're they were tapping into something by, um, by making the Super Saiyan form, mm-hmm. um, monkey like, right? Because despite like, of course, black people are not monkeys. We have a long history of always being called right. monkeys. And that other element, like yeah, them being othering. that othering, mm-hmm. I feel like, and I feel like that's like <laughs> almost like everything about Afrofuturism is like mm-hmm. making sure that the other is centered yeah. and that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like for Star Trek because Star Trek, Look. right, right, <laughs> because it's, because though 
I would argue Star Trek isn't necessarily Afrofuturist, but but like Yohora being there, I, can, mm-hmm. I feel like I always mispronounce her name. I don't think I don't know it. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> That's a thing. But the, I was watching but that but at a grade that, two, <laughs> right? But like the fact that she was there, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's very important. Um, the first blurt I knew was my grandfather, oh, and where Lee Bourne said, "Yeah, he loved Star Trek," and I would just be like, "Why are you? I don't get it. Like, why are you watching?" But but it, but that was probably one of the first times he saw someone who looked like him mm-hmm. on TV. And that's the same thing. Like, my mom fostered this relationship with sci-fi for me. Like, mm-hmm. my, I, every time I go home, she was always watching, like, the sci-fi channel. And, like, that was mm, her thing. Yeah. But, like, even in that, I was like, I don't know why my mom loves this so much. But it was all she watched. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it makes sense. Like, the escapism portion of it, of, like, it right. not being the world that we live in, mm-hmm. but also seeing yourself in that escapism is very important. Yeah, yeah. So. And mm-hmm. I think, like, we lie to ourselves when we say that black people aren't interested in science fiction. Oh, shit, we all love we, we it. We love it. Like, Literally, black people in anime, that yeah, correlation like that. is there. <laughs> that, that, I, somebody's there. like, oh, yeah, black people don't like that shit. Da, 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 da. Like, no, I only like, know, like, I know hood, like, hood niggas yeah. who be like, did you watch Dragon Ball Z? Because there was this one time, oh, my God, this is so funny, and I don't even know if I, I don't speak to this person anymore. Uh-huh. But his name was Derek Alexander. He was a football player. We were mm-hmm. in urban sociology together. Okay. And I remember we were working on this project because we was doing this project together. And he opened up his laptop and I looked at his tabs. Mm-hmm. And it was like Naruto Shippuden, yes. like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Like, and I was like, you like anime? And he was like, no, 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 I'm not into that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm like yes, I can are. see your tabs. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm not into that kind of stuff. Like, that's for kids. I'm like, they're literally mm-hmm. open, on your, open on your screen. Like, we can have this open <laughs> conversation. But yeah. he was just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I was like, literally, if Blurs just combined and just, like, all just yeah. confess to it, it, we'd realize that all black people are into this shit. Yeah, in in some way or another, right? Like Because it's representation. Like, all yeah. the time, I only see myself in anime. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. I don't know why I identify with Naruto, but I do. Yeah. Like, yeah, and like I think blurred communities need to get over the kind of hierarchies we make of right. who, of who is and isn't a blurred. Right? Yeah, it doesn't it's matter. Like, yeah. You can like whatever the fuck you like and just yeah, be a opinion. Yeah, it's just like yeah, we yeah, live. It's just like if you don't cosplay, you still are blurred. Like <laughs> look at that. Look, like, but cosplaying is work. It's that, like it is. cosplay is my favorite version of drag because people don't want to make that correlation. Yeah, but, but no, cosplay yeah. is drag. Yeah. And it's my favorite version of drag because cosplay queens are the ones who seem to have the most fun mm. because they just don't care. They like don't aren't even talking about gender anymore. It's just like I'm gonna dress up as like fucking um what I think um, Fifi O'Hara for a while was dressing up as like different versions of My Little Ponies, mm. and I was like, this wow. is iconic. Like <laughs> if you can sit right. here and make your face into an like, and she was like, um, what was that little doll from the Rugrats? That um, oh, um, Angelica Cynthia? had, yeah, did Cynthia as a drag. Wow! Like, f- I'll show you the pictures later. They're okay. amazing. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> we're like, we moved past the blackness, and now right, we're in a right. drag, and yeah. I just like both and, but yes. Um. So my next question is, what does Afrofuturism look like now, comparative wow. to what it looked like in 1993 when the like the term was coined? Yeah, yeah, and like, and of course, like Afrofuturism was there before he made way before it. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think now, um, in many ways, um, Black Panther is so representative mm-hmm. of what Afrofuturism looks like. Um, 
along with Black Panther, of course we have um, Janelle Monet, who does not get enough credit for the world that she made through her albums. When she like, constantly talks about being an android, yes, that is the only yeah. thing Cindy I think Mayweather. about. Like she just yeah. she's there. Yeah, she's yeah. been there. Yeah, right. Kansas and right City out native. Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City native. Yep. She's going to be in Lawrence at some point in time over That's this next true. period of time. I'm waiting. The moment right. I see her, I'm going to lose it. I'm yeah. just going to throw my shoes at her because that's my form of admiration. Exactly. It's like, take my clothes. Right. Bye. <laughs> like, right. You're better than me. Like, so, yeah. Like, um, I think even Solange mm-hmm. and, um, and No Name, even, oh they kind of t- they tap into certain Afrofuturist um Afrofuturistic, even like mm-hmm. um, realms, right? In esoteric ways, like right. Um, Janelle Monae is definitely like definitely has the sci-fi cyber culture thing on lock. But even Erica Badu, yeah, and and like yeah. Erica Badu is one of the first people in like w- within like our generation of music to do right. it. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Just imagine, like, reimagining new worlds through, like, what you say in your songs and yeah. talking through that point. Yeah. It's so powerful. And she, to me. she made it, she made it popular on a different scale. Right. Yeah. And what kind of helped that was, like, Neo Soul does that. N- in you itself. Know? Yeah. 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 So, and like, ugh. yeah. Even, like, now that I think about it, like, the weekend and the way that he even presents himself yeah. is so past that. And we're talking about, like, everybody talks about trap rapping and I'm not making any sense and stuff like that. But, like, mm-hmm. genuinely, like, SZA, Kalani, all of them are about this spiritual awakening yeah. that is almost, like, tapping into Afrofuturism but not yeah. technically taking it there. Yeah, even even if we're just talking about, like, aesthetically, like, c- certain, like, certain choices with um, fashion and their album covers, their album art. I'm um, thinking um, Black Eyed Peas very much gives yeah. me that. Like, Will I Am was already yeah. there with that like little yeah. silver head piece kind of thing Most that he definitely. was pulling off. Yeah, I don't even like now that I'm thinking about it. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's just everywhere. Yeah, it, and that's what then that's what's so interesting about like the Afrofuturist aesthetic mm-hmm. that like it's it's much more present than we give credit to, and it's present in a lot of different ways. So right. like um, so like even. Um, get off my dick from um J. Cole. Right. His music video, um, where the slaves like take over the plantation. Mm-hmm. In many ways that's Afrofuturist. Because that's not the that's alternate that history. Right, right. And that's, and that's a genre within like speculative fiction. I love that. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it's beautiful. it's beautiful. Yeah. And and for real, like you said, like there there are few artists who don't tap into it some way, somehow. Yeah. Like, not even making that their whole career. Like, Janelle Monet has, like, and Eric Badu have made careers off of it. And mm-hmm. even Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott is <laughs> much more of a futurist than, and, like, this, and she's dystopian and post apocalyptic more so. Mm-hmm. And I actually really want to write about that. I yeah. actually want to write about how she, how she really embodies that. Go there. Literally <laughs> everything that you want to write about, I'm like, I just want to talk about it for yeah. hours <laughs> on end. Because it's, like, even thinking about Missy Elliott and, like, cultivating that. What was it? Um, I'm a B music video where those like black women mm. and they were all like robots kind of, but they were dancing yeah. on like yoga balls, and I was like, yeah. but underwater, right. and there was like so many questions I oh, had. Um, no, I'm a B. That was um, oh um, better. Yes, better, better. Yeah, yeah I knew it was yeah, a B. Yeah. But I could, yeah, 
Like, yeah. it was just like, I was watching it and I was just like, I don't know what the hell is going yeah. on. And, but I'm into it. And that's and what's so fine. interesting about her shit because it's like, it's Afrofuturist. And like, there are certain things that we know are Afrofuturist, right? That yeah. like, there are certain, um, like, certain icons and symbols that allow us to know that it's Afrofuturist. Just mm-hmm. like with any art, right? Like, we right. know that surrealist art is surrealist because of X. We know mm-hmm. that impressionist, impressionistic art is impressionistic because of X. Right. But like, she she has she is so in tune with something <laughs> that, that, that like so that she is creating icons mm-hmm. um and like using icons in ways that we haven't seen before no like with that and like every time she pulls out those boxes and like she did it in in um and um, where they from? Yeah. And in um, music, make you lose control when oh she puts some God. boxes out, and it's like this post-apocalyptic yeah. landscape thing. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? No. <laughs> like, right. And I'm thinking of that. What is that? Um, not Minuteman, because I mean that also had like a. It was very like regal, but it was destructive regal. Mm-hmm. And, and what is that? It's like the beginning of his like Correcta Domingo. What is the name of Headbanger? Oh, um, oh, what's it's that song? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the little girls and them dancing on that playground that was yes. destroyed. Yes. Like, what was the power in that imagery yeah. that nobody really wants to talk about because yeah. nobody really wants to critique Missy? Like, you can't, don't want to critique Missy Elliott because yeah. you don't want to be wrong because Missy could say some shit to you and right. be like, you don't know what I'm trying to do exactly. here. And I'll be like, I'll bet. Like, you're, you're right. right. I have you're no right. idea what you're doing. Thank you for getting yeah. me it's, together. Right. Because I'd be like, thank you, Missy, for even acknowledging that I wrote this thing for you. Exactly. Like, I would just right. be there for that. Yeah. Something that. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was real. Okay. <laughs> Last question. Okay. I think maybe you know I always have follow ups. Cool, cool. But why is Afrofuturism so important in today's day and age? Wow. So Afrofuturism, I think, is really important um, because at at the heart of um, Afrofuturism, as we know it within the twenty first century, um, I think that there are ways that we can trouble that as we look backward, but I think particularly for now, it's really important because we get to see ourselves Mm -hmm. and because representation matters. So like using Marvel as an example, over the last like 10, 15 years, Mm -hmm. we have not seen a black superhero have a movie. Right. So we've had, um, we've had Thor, we've had Captain America, we've had Spider-Man, Even with X-Men, um, with X-Men, excuse me, plural, Storm has been on the sidelines. She's always on the sidelines. Which, which sucks, because I feel like Storm should have a movie. I think I've said that before. I think I said that um, in the last podcast. Yeah, because Storm deserves her own <laughs> fucking deserves, movie. And yeah, she deserves her own movie. And like even the ways that like um, Mystique and um, Nightcrawler are raced. Mystique, the thing is, and that's what bothered me, is because I always read Beast as black. And Beast, yeah. But then yeah. they made him white. Yeah. And I, and I think it was because the intelligence portion of it. Yeah. Is that they were yeah, trying to make that. There was, there. There's stuff there. Yeah. But even in the comic books, Beast has always been white. Yeah. But in um, my head, when I saw Beast, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying to give this, like, um, what do you call it? Um... Dr. Hyde and yeah. like that kind of thing with him. I yeah. get where you're trying to go there. Mm-hmm. Black man. Like I was just like, yeah, it's a black man. Yeah. I don't need anything else. And, and like even um with X Men, um 
not Apocalypse, the one where they go in, um, go back and forth in time multiple oh, times. Oh, what's his name? Um, Bishop? Bishop, yeah. Yes. I couldn't think of the movie, but it yeah, is Bishop. Bishop. Like, even, even in that film, like, Bishop doesn't get any, like, I barely knew that it was Bishop. Like, he right. was only on screen for like 10 minutes. But Bishop has always been that pivotal He's black man always, who's got his shit together. <laughs> like, that, Bishop's like, that. I'm going to travel to time and I'm going to handle all my business. Exactly, and it's like, right. Okay, so, sir. So I think that, um, I think that Afrofuturism is very important because it allows us to see ourselves, mm-hmm. especially considering the fact that the lie of white supremacy, mm-hmm. especially as we knew it in and throughout slavery, and even directly after, was that black people had no pasts and had no futures. Right. Right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that Afrofuturism talks back to that lie and says, no, we have histories and we have futures. Like, we can survive. We're not these animals that are just going to die out because that was another lie of white supremacy, right? Right. That, like, black people would somehow die out. And And I think that's the main reason why we don't see ourselves often in... Um, futuristic landscapes. Right. <clears throat> you able to cut that out, right? Hmm? You able to cut that out, right? That Look, hard call. we're just gonna be fine. <laughs> Literally, this, this interaction will be in the whole podcast. Right, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's why we don't see ourselves in futuristic landscapes because the white imagination is so regressive, right, and so erasing that they that somehow they they can't imagine black people or people of color in the future, mm-hmm. unless it's in subservient positions. Right, like District and, 11. Yeah. Still mad about it. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. let it go. <laughs> and you shouldn't let it go. No. Rue did not <laughs> desire to die like that. Yeah. Rue didn't desire to die like that to begin with. Right. Then when Rue was black, I was done. Right. I was ready to burn down all of it. You should. I'm still ready to burn down all that. of it. Let, let the districts happen. That. I'll be in District 13. They'll try and blow us up. Oh, I, no. I already know where I'll be <laughs> I already know my So, yeah. Name. So, I think that that's why Afrofuturism is important is because, like, we, we get to see ourselves and, like, mm-hmm. we get to imagine a world beyond the kind of interlocking systems of oppression that we know of today. Right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And I really... So, for me, especially because we see there's this fixation on slave narratives and like movies about Mm -hmm. if there's a movie about a black person it's about slavery if there's a movie about a black person it's about like them struggling through something it's never this moving forward kind of thing it's Mm -hmm. like oh they overcome this thing like in the 1800s the the regressive white imagination right like we're gonna like center and make movies about black history but we're not gonna talk about what's going on right now because it has to be in the past and like we're going to tell white people, like, if this is a media you're consuming, then you're assuming that all of the struggles that we've had happened in the 1950s and then we're yeah. done after that. Yeah. And I feel, I feel almost, like, entitled to something that is different. Mm. I'm entitled to seeing myself in more than just one of these lenses that whiteness yeah. has, like, created it for. Yeah. And Black Panther is very big about that as, like, of, like, well, even The Wiz, like, thinking back about The Wiz and, like, mm-hmm. Um, Dorothy in that movie was like, I am in this space that I do not like. I yeah. want to go, and I got swooped up by a snowstorm, and now my <laughs> uh, ass right. is in this very, very different, very real. Right. Black people everywhere, they doing the damn thing. Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And it's like those those glimmers of hope. Um, I'm going to reference a thing that happened at the symposium that we both did. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this m- person who started talking about the moment in Moonlight 
where Chiron was in the water oh, and Juan yes. was holding him and it was very powerful. And we were mm-hmm. trying to figure out if it was masculinity or femininity. And this person said that it was a utopia. Yes. It was a moment where nothing privilege-based or oppression-based was present and therefore it was a moment of privilege for a black body that we've yes. never been able to see before. Yes. And that is what Black Panther is about to be for me at 10.25 tonight. That's- I know for a fact. <laughs> like that that's what it's going to be. And mm-hmm. that's what we don't get to see. That's not what's present yeah. or seen as important to whiteness. Yeah. And it's very important to me yeah. and you and all black people. Yeah. I'm going to claim that as a fact. Nobody can tell me that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> like, Yeah. And I think that we, we also deserve to see ourselves. Right. And that like, and like a saying that we deserve, cause I don't use the word deserve often. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. Or not, yeah. But like I, I think that we deserve to get to see ourselves. I think that anyone does. Right. So I think it matters, too, that white people are so upset about it. It's just like you see yourself all the time. Right. How selfish are you? Right. I remember there was this... (laughs) This was really funny to me. I don't know why I thought it was funny. I knew they were trying to be racist. Mm. And, like, in this, like, they did an edit of the movie poster of... um, T'Challa holding that watermelon. Yes. And then, like, it was, like, something about niggas and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. My ass was cackling because I was like, that watermelon looked bomb as fuck. Like, you there was nothing see. about that movie. There was nothing about that poster that I was like, other than the wording and the words uh-huh. that were putting on the thing, I was like, oh, this is so problematic. And, like, they're trying to be violent. Yeah. My ass was like, this is a black-ass movie. Like, you better come see, through with some watermelon. I didn't know see. what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> see, I... While I while that while that is valid, <laughs> I'm sorry, part of y'all. me was just this like it am. matters to me that like that when like white people say oh well how is that racist just like you know how it's racist because you, know you took out the time to make it like that to make it like that come like come on now like right. you mean to tell me that someone just pulled that out of thin air. No. no, you know where that stereotype you, came from. You know, you know what that arises out of. Like, you know, um, today we were talking about, um, in a class I'm taking, we were talking about um, scientific racism and how, Ooh, yes, yeah, yes, and yes, like yes. the like the kind of traumatic histories of that, right? And I mentioned that it matters that people may not be saying, oh well, black people's brains are smaller. Like, by this study, black people's brains mm-hmm. are smaller than white people's brains. But it matters that scientific racism still shows its face. Right. It it's matters that all throughout um, former President Barack Obama's presidency that his family was characterized as monkeys throughout the entire right. eight years. But, you, but like, white people are just like, oh, well, how is that racist? It's like, you know. You, you like, know exactly look, where this look, is coming from. Right. And same and thing with that poster. It's like. You know exactly why he had watermelon in his hand. Right. Although that watermelon did look bomb. I can agree to that. I don't eat watermelon, but I, I can love agree to watermelon. that. Hmm. My mom doesn't eat watermelon either. Hey. She doesn't like melons at all. Like she just, yeah, like, just honey dude tastes like honey dude tastes like nothing and mm. cantaloupe tastes like meat to me, so I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah, that's fair. You're the only like person it. to ever say that's fair. Thank that's you. Really <laughs> no, because like I don't know it's why weird. I like it. I just really fuck with it heavy. But like yeah. I also don't know why I like it. Mm. I can't explain to people why I like watermelon, mm-hmm. but like, if you throw some salt on it, my ass is going. See. Like, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, See. I'm undone. But I like watermelon flavored things, so mm-hmm. I don't know what the yeah, it's difference really, is. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Okay. And then we'll finish up talking about Black Panther because hey. we have to do that. Yes. And we're back. So, 
for this final little segment of dessert, we are going to connect Afrofuturism to Black Panther and why it all <laughs> matters. So, what is the importance of Wakanda? So, this is this is so beautiful. So, Wakanda is um, an African um, nation that is um, not colonized. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, uh, so, I guess the premise is that Wakanda is Afrofuturist for a number of different reasons on several different levels. Yes, right. So, a Wakanda is Afrofuturist because it is a rewriting of history. Mm-hmm. It presents a different history. Um, it is also a. Um, by the fact of not being colonized, right? Um, it is a nation that is not only all black, but at the root of the, its nation is um, very rich and rich in vibranium, which is vibranium, which is one of the um, hardest. It's the hardest metal in the Marvel universe. universe. Yeah. Um, so I think. In a kind of second level, Wakanda is Afrofuturist because we get to imagine a world that is, um, that exists outside of whiteness. And then in a third way, we get to imagine a world owned by, peopled by black people that is rich. Mm-hmm. And that is not impoverished. So not just so not just poor. So I I, I think that there are poor people in Wakanda. That's just my imagination. But they aren't impoverished. Fair. Right. Okay. Yeah, so they're like, not they're not systemically impoverished. Right. I was like everybody got shit in Wakanda. Like, like in my head, I was like, that's, like everybody's fine. Yeah. Let's yeah. hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but they aren't impoverished if they're poor. So mm-hmm. like impoverished to me means that. You create systems wherein people remain poor and in poverty. Right. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. yeah, I was, I guess I'm like in the same vein of all of that. It's like Wakanda is this untouched blackness. Mm-hmm. And it's so pure and it's so open and it's so African, very much that. Yeah. And so it has all of these things and all these aspects and like the internal struggles that they get to battle with yeah. are like, things that we don't even get to engage with now mm-hmm. because we're so much socialized by whiteness that like what they go through and what they experience has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like literally T'Challa goes to America and is like, bitch, this is not me. Like <laughs> right. I'm over this. And it's like the things that they experience are human things. Mm-hmm. And they get to actually be human. And they get to, and they get to experience in their fullness. Right. So like it, it's so like in the comics, so not, not necessarily the movie. I don't know what's going on on the movie until ten twenty-five. Um, exactly. But in um, the recent iteration of the comics um, by Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, a nation of under our feet, um, like T'Challa is dealing with like a lot of shit. Like yeah, he, it's a social he commentary. Just, yeah, like he um, he feels like he's not prepared to be king. He feels like he um, like isn't the right fit mm-hmm. like he's like and he goes through a lot of like interior like struggle so like to see that and to see his relationship with his mom and like him trying to deal with 
um, these businessmen and um, the queer women of um, the Dora Milaje. Like, yes. it's just beautiful. So, like, it, so that's a part of it, too. It's like we get to see black people have a fullness of humanity. Right. And the blackness that, doesn't have to come first. It's not like, yeah. I'm black and then. Yeah, exa- exactly, yeah. too, right? So, like, this construction of blackness and race mm-hmm. is is there because, of course, we're looking at it. Mm-hmm. But it it doesn't play out in, in that world right. in the same ways. Mm. Yeah. That's real. That's literally, like, all I needed you to say. Because I knew you were going to, like, encapsulate. The encapsulate? What the fuck? <laughs> you good. I, words. Okay. Bring it all together. Because yeah. I was trying to be smart. And that's what happens when you I try to be smart. smart. <laughs> I try to use big words. I don't know what I'm talking about. But, yes. Thank you for that. Thank that was you. good. I love this. Thank you. Anyway, any, like, church announcements? Because <laughs> I don't have to explain to you about church announcements. Because you know about some church announcements. Um... Everyone go see Black Panther. Go, go see it. Like it's the Black Panther weekend. Go, it is the Black Panther weekend. Go see it. Um, buy the comics and don't just buy Colts' comics. Roxanne Gay made a mm-hmm. good version too. Like, let's give her her props. Right. She has not received enough props on that. No, it's her because, version was actually way better than. Yeah, and I haven't. I haven't. Now, yeah. admittedly, I've not read her version it's, yet. But it's I. A but bit I there. do know that it's good because she's a good writer. Yeah. Um, um, Jamila actually bought me for um Jamila's my partner. Shout out Jamila. Hey, hi. Um, she bought me a complete collection of Black Panther for Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, I know because I put it on reserve for <laughs> Look at y'all. Just know that I I'm Why always do y'all in the number. Do this? Just know that I'm always in the number. Uh, I love it. I know things. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. I love it. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be um so, That's go good. see that. Um, and if you're, like, really interested in Afrofuturism, it's it's everywhere. Google it. YouTube it. Um, read Octavia Butler. Read Samuel Delaney. Read Nalo Hopkinson. Read Nadia Cole for. Read those folk. Like, do it. Yeah, because I don't know any of those names. And so therefore, <laughs> well, I know Octavia Butler, but, like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but, yes, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I mean, vote for me for Best of Lawrence in the podcast category because also I'm trying that. to win a plaque. Also that. I just want the plaque. Yeah. I'm doing it for the plaque. I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I want it. Yeah. That's all. I deserve it. You do. I deserve things. You do. Anyway, yes. Um, I'm going to go get ready to go watch Black Panther. Same. Yeah, so um, we're going to get out of here. So we'll see you. Bye. Bye.